Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 611. I know I regularly say this, but I have been really looking forward to this interview. We got Victoria Fleming with us. Victoria is the founder of Buzz, Buzz Tonic, Tacit, or whatever. <laughs> uh, um, I got, I got, yes, Victoria, I got, I slipped there. Uh, um, she to say she's a software sales expert would be understatement. She's got over twenty years' experience of working with some of the largest tech companies in the world. Um, plus, she's been actively consulting with medium and small companies. I thought she was the right lady to give her wisdom and insight when it comes to sales. So we'll be delving into all the processes, all the problems that you might have around getting sales. I've also got my great co-host, Stephen, with me. Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Yeah, Stephen Souter from zipfish.io. We make WordPress fast by optimizing uh, the code that runs WordPress and the code that runs the servers. That's great. And before we go into this great interview with Victoria, I just want to talk about our major sponsor, and that's Costas. Um, Costas. Um, if you're looking to get into podcasting, you need somewhere to host your audio files plus produce the RSS feed and a host of other things. Um, I was using another platform for about five years. About six to seven months ago, I moved over to Castos. Um, Matt Medeus of the Matt Report podcast had just became their marketing and sales director. You know he's a great friend of the show, and I decided if Matt was going to head it, I should look at their product, and I decided to jump ship and I have been delighted to join them. It's a great interface, really simple to use. They're about half the price of the previous platform I was using, and they've just been tremendously supportive in the process of moving over 700 podcasts to their platform. Yes, I do two podcasts. Um, I suggest you go over there, have a look what they've got off. All the links are in the show notes. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, have a look at what they offer. I would use them. If you do, um, please tell them that you heard about them on this podcast. It really supports the show. So, Victoria, let's go straight into it. Um, you said before we went live that everything seems to have woken up. Everybody um, is jumping with joy that the pandemic seems to be in the back mirror to some extent. And they're looking for sales. Um, what's your insights about, you know, what you should know and some maybe a key way people look at sales that's incorrect? Is that a good start, Victoria? Yeah, of course it is. It's talking about sales, so that's always a good start, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you know what? It is. It's, really, it's a really interesting time. I'm across from the UK, and we're in the middle of opening back up, which is fantastic because we are so excited to see people. 
So I'm sure across in the, um, in the US, I know you've had different approaches in different areas, but uh, I think we can all just appreciate how nice it is to get back out and about both personally and business. So, and actually, I think that's one of the big misconceptions about sales. So look, where was my little link there? Because I think one of the big misconceptions about sales is that, you know, it's this quite antisocial role, almost. You know, nobody likes salespeople. Oh, no you, you seem very antisocial, Victoria. I, Exactly, but this is the whole point. That's the misconception. Actually, most of the, the best salespeople I know are just really relationship people and they love having conversations, they love building relationships, they love talking to people. Um, so I think that I'm really excited about being able to go out and do that face-to-face a bit more again and work, you know, face-to-face with some of the teams that I work. But I think that the big misconception that salespeople are bad, evil, horrible people has been the biggest limiter on people's success. Because I think especially for smaller businesses, people think, well, I don't want to sell because that's horrible. That's going to make me a bad person. Like, if I do that, I'm going to be that horrible person that's in my head that I've seen on the TV, you know, so in the films and stuff like that. I'm going to be that, like, rotten person. And that really holds back people's businesses when really being able to sell is just about having great conversation with a purpose. And it's just that, having a great conversation, having a great, like, you know, relationship, with the purpose of sharing more about your business and maybe opening up an opportunity and then asking for it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that, that to join up the pandemic and the biggest problem, that one. Yeah, I um, totally agree with you with my own business. Um, we use inbound marketing to generate um, interest in our product and service. So we use inbound articles um, and SEO um, in a traditional online software for a service model. But my main objective when they come to the WP Tonic website is for them to book a Zoom with us. And I normally take all those Zooms. Fundamentally, it's a sales call. But um, what I try and produce during the call, even if they don't, purchase straight away uh, a WP Tonic service is they get some value from the call. Is that, I think that's the right attitude. What do you think, Victoria? Oh, like 100%. And in fact, I don't, if you want to speak with me, um, you don't book a sales call, you don't book a discovery call, you book a eureka conversation. And that's because I always say, look, you you spend a bit of time with me and you are going to have at least one eureka moment, at least one eureka moment on that call. But of course, I'm always hoping for two eureka moments because I want a eureka moment that where people get a quick win. And I want the eureka moment where they realise that they need to work with me. So... (laughs) But I always call this Eureka Conversations because literally I want people going off the call just going, that was like awesome. Like, as you say, I've got a bit of value. I've got something actionable. And actually, you know what? I could totally work with that person. We could do something great together. So I agree with it so much. I even renamed my discovery calls there, Jonathan. Over to you, Stephen. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that name. (laughs) Um, you were saying just a little bit ago about how sales is about relationships and stuff. I also hear like from a different side saying that sales is all about process and automate everything and, you know, get people in this funnel and then work them down the funnel. Um, And to me, that feels like it's at odds with this relationship because like you can't, a relationship, you can't 
um, automate, or at least I haven't figured out how do you automate a relationship because a true relationship has so many variables. Like you can't adjust fast enough. You have every person's a unique and individual kind of have, they have their own problems, their own use cases, their own things that you have to speak into. Um, how do you balance that? Do you think you should balance it? Are people too far in the automation world? Are they not far enough? What's your perspective on that? Look, this is like a huge challenge as well, because I think on one side, on one side, you've got like fairly low ticket items, like you can't afford to invest loads of time in those types of sales. So, you know, you really want like a really structured funnel, you know, that's going to automate and do all this, that and the other. On the other hand, you've got like really high ticket items where it is, does need to be a, like a one-to-one conversation or one-to-many conversation for you to progress that. I think that what's really interesting in this day and age though is because there's there's more room in the middle. And what I mean by that is I think that even with that really automated approach, which I've got to be honest, I think some people hide behind. Some people automate things that don't don't need to be and shouldn't be automated because they don't want to have a conversation because they're scared. So I think, you know, if, if that's the reason you've got like a really automated funnel, then you're probably losing business because of it. But I think it's about being smart. So even right, right at the other end of the scale where, you know, you do have to automate, all the way through that, I think what's getting to be really important for people is personalization. I also think that just because you can't have loads of ongoing conversations with people and lots of face-to-face doesn't mean that you can't have insta- instigate some sort of a conversation. And I know someone actually who um, sells really low ticket like sort of software stuff. Um, but what they do is every day they hop on in like into the chatbots and everything. And actually they take over from the chatbots and they literally just take over on the site and go, hey, I've just taken over, you know, from the chatbot. I, it's actually me. I just want to say hello. How are you finding the site? And um, so that hour a day investment, normally they do a good couple of dozen. But the two interesting things about that are one is that those people that are talked to, like one-to-one, the conversion rate on those people goes right up because, mm-hmm. of course, they're tracked. Um, the second thing about it is, though, the actual overall lifetime value of those customers is coming out as much higher. And it's because those buyers not only bought in, they feel a more personal connection to the business and the product. So I think this is where I'm all about like thinking about how can you be innovative? How can you do something different? And yeah, you can't go and talk to every single person who's going to spend £10 you know, a month on a product. I, I get that. But like, what could you do? What could you do to impact? Because the other thing that's interesting is people talk. So you know, even if someone doesn't buy, they talk about, OMG, OMG, I had the MD talking to me. Did you know? Blah, 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 blah. You know, they've just have done this or they've just done that. Because he purposely keeps it super personal, purposely to show that it really isn't a bot. I think it's an interesting one. I think it's about being imaginative in that middle ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like mixing that automation with maybe moments of personal interaction. Because then if that automation gets kicked off later on down the road, right? To that person, sure, maybe they know it's an automation that's going on, but they still have that personal connection or affinity for that company from the previous, you know, couple times ago or whatever that they had that personal interaction yeah I so i do so i definitely think there's a, a place it's just trying to work out how to make it happen you know yeah. um and i say being 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 clever because the other thing is as well i think that 
you as an owner or, you know, someone who owns a business, someone who uh, is scaling a business, you know, whatever you're doing, the biggest challenge is that, that you get so absorbed in other stuff and the sales automation works to whatever level that you start to get really removed from actually your frontline customers and prospects. Mm. And that in itself can actually be really dangerous. So having that small amount of time every day to interact with people who are maybe on the website or who are in your funnel or whatever it might be, that can be really invaluable to your business as well as to your actual sales process, the sales cycle. If I was like, a just for the sake of argument, if I was like a person that hated sales and like, I just want to hide behind my keyboard all day and just work on my product. Like I love my product. I build an awesome SaaS product. No one's buying it because I'm not doing any sales. Can you hire a salesperson? Like, does that work? Or does the person who, like, if you're a founder, you're just starting off, does that founder have to figure out how to get out of their shell to do the sales? Okay, Nancy, this is such a great question. So I deal quite a lot with founders who are in exactly that situation. Um, I was recently doing some work with Startup Boost, which is now Founder Boost, um, around exactly this. And it was it was all with the founders involved then. Um, so I think the first thing is, does a founder have to sell? And you know what? And this is going to sound terrible, but I think if nothing else, you should try. And the reason for that is because actually nobody cares about your product more than you. Mm. Nobody, nobody in the world. And actually that passion and enthusiasm for your product will really help to carry you there, even if you feel a bit uncomfortable about it. And the reason you should try to sell it is because if you have never sold this product before, then you don't know how to do it. And if you don't know how to do it and you try and outsource that or you try and employ someone, then the one thing that every salesperson out there can do is they can sell themselves. So you are going to be paying a big fat salary to somebody for however long you put up with them to potentially not be able to work out how to sell the bloody product, at which point in time you invested all that money, you still don't know how to sell the product, you've invested in them now not knowing how to sell the product either, and you've still got no money coming in. So... I understand people are like desperate to like outsource this, but I really push people like, like give it a go. You're the best person to talk about this product. I mean, after all, if you were going to go and pitch to a group of investors, you would of course do it. Well, that's sales. It's absolutely sales. So it's just a little bit of a different angle. And I also think again, as the founder, as the leader, as you know, you've got this beautiful thing that you've put together Taking that out into the world and getting people to say, that's great, I love it, but, because there's always the B word, (laughs) always the B word, I love it, but, I would definitely buy it, but, that's really important, valuable feedback for you as well. So, um, Stephen, if you're hiding behind your keyboard, like, I would would, (laughs) would, 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 would encourage you to go. Yeah, he is. Um, we need uh, we need to go for our break, Victoria. It's been a fantastic first half. Uh, we're looking for the second half. We'll be back in a few moments. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, 
or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10-30% to conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. We've got Victoria Fleming with us to say that she's a sales expert. It's a slight understatement. Um, we've had a great discussion in the first half. It's hope, I'm sure the second half is just going to be a, a blast as well. So, Victoria, I know two words that will induce a cold sweat into a business owner, and that's called cold calling. If there's anything that can induce panic and fear in a business owner, I don't do cold calling, but I do what I call warm calling. Um, yes. You probably know what I'm talking about. What does what does the difference mean to you? And maybe you can explain the difference between cold calling and warm calling. Okay, so um, certainly I can talk to you a bit about, because I, I actually have been involved with businesses who do both. Um, I definitely um, warm call for my business. I don't cold call, um, but there's a reason for that. Um, so cold call, my first, actually, I'll tell you, I will describe a cold call experience because my first ever sales job, I was young and impressionable. I was keen to, to impress and I turned up my very first sales job and it was ringing people on an evening to sell double glazing. Literally, that was what it was. That was that was my first sales job. So um, what that meant was um, we went to this room. There's always people. You sit down at a desk, and it was back when you know you had the phone like actually on the cord. I am that old, okay? So we had the phone on the cord, and they ripped out the page of like the literal like local directory with all the phone numbers in, and they gave us a script, and it was. Horrendous. So you'd ring up and say, Oh, hello, can I speak to? And are you the homeowner? And, and I mean, we've all had you've had these calls, haven't we? Complete cold calling. That really is the definition of cold calling. It meant that we didn't know who they were, we'd done, we knew nothing about them. We were randomly ringing people and just going, fingers crossed, if we ring enough people, somebody might actually say, I'm vaguely interested in your product or service. Um, I hated it. I managed four nights and then I didn't go back. I didn't even go back to pick up my wages or anything. I was just like, I'm just so done with that. It made me feel dirty. 
it, it was terrible. But this is the impression that people have sometimes of sales, I think. So that that really to me is cold calling. Um, in the moment, you do still see some of it quite often on auto dialers. You know, you get that little blank silence before the, the phone suddenly kicks in and you know you're on an auto dialer. And that is literally exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing, only automated. Um, I'm sure there's some businesses that are still making that work. To me, you know, you've got a very low hit rate. I think people are highly irritated by a lot of these now. Um, so you're not necessarily building that relationship, like well, I mentioned earlier. Um, sorry to interrupt, Victoria, but it, um, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm not unusual. Um, I, uh, When I have a client or anybody that I'm going to take a voice message from, I put them in my smartphone. And any call that comes to me, that's not from a, a direct business number that I only use on the website. If it doesn't come from that, either using my personal mobile number and it's not on my list, it doesn't get answered. If if, yeah. if they can't be bothered to leave a voice message, it doesn't get answered. Um, and then... And then I, every day I block all the people that are, um, so I'm not even sure cold calling even works now in any shape or form, because I, I, I'm sure most people do what I do. And, and so I don't know what you do, Jonathan. So what do you do? Tell me what you do, and then I'll tell you if I do the same. Well, if, you know, if it's anybody that's important, they go on my contact list on my iPhone so they're identified straight away when they call me. If they're not on the list, and um, I'm not going to pick up. And if they can't be bothered to leave a voice message, I, I just presume they're a cold caller, and then um, they get blocked. Um, so um, th- that's how it works, and I'm sure I'm no different with anybody else. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm not going to make those kind of calls for my business. I don't think they're going to do my reputation much good. And um, I also think that, as I say, people are very tired of them. So I'm like you. I I follow a warm call strategy. And um, that means that by the time I ring and somebody picks up the phone and I say my name, they know who I am. And there's various different ways that I do that. Um, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. And what I do is I do some LinkedIn flirting. So I flirt on LinkedIn. So you don't. I go on oh, you, would, I you, do. would, you, would, you would dare do that, would you, Victoria? I'm flirt on LinkedIn. I, I go on their profile so they can see I've gone on their profile. And then two days later, I check to see if they come on my profile because I've winked at them. If they come on my profile, they've winked back, all right? Then I go through and I send a nice little connection request, a little message, so that's like on the Wednesday. And then between then and the beginning of the next week, I'll generally try to post a comment or start some sort of conversation just around the stuff that they're interested in so that when I ring them on the Monday, I go, oh, it's Victoria. You know, we're talking on LinkedIn. And they go, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so now we're starting a conversation. The trick of that, of course, is you have to do it relatively quickly because everyone's busy. So it's that whole thing that you need to do it quickly enough that you're top of mind. <laughs> so um, so that's one of the ways that I do it. And um, I also do a lot of stuff after face-to-face networking events as well, which is obviously a great way to actually build your contact list. But, of course, the key thing is, is once you're going to pick the phone up, they're going to take the call because they recognise your name. But what you say next is going to be really important. 
because they recognize your name, but they're going to give you 30 seconds. Why are you ringing me? What's this about? So in that first 30 seconds, I think the really important thing is to have planned your call. And this is what people quite often don't do. Um, because to me, the very first sentence really needs to be, you know, once you sort of said who you are, it's got to be a great reason why they should invest the next couple of minutes in talking to you. And it should have something in it for them, some point of value. So this goes back to what you were saying, Jonathan, really before, you know, where's the point of value, you know? Right, over to you, Stephen. When you're starting to like look at your sales process, right? Like I need more sales. Where where should I start kind of? Like, I think that's something like people are like, oh, I, I need more sales. What what do I do now? Do, like start cold calling, start emailing, start Google ads spending. Is it everything? There's, there's just so many different ways to sell the day. And there's so many people out there trying to get you to use their service or their system to help you sell, right? Like buy a list for me or run an ad over here or come be a part of my networking group or whatever. Like where, how do you even get going? How do you get out behind your keyboard and start that process? Do you mean what should you do next, Stephen? Is that like actually the question? Yeah, yeah. The actual question is, is all right. So, so you convinced me that I need to get out of my keyboard and I need to start selling. Uh, but what do I do? Okay. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to look at what you've already got. Okay. And I think that's really important because you don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater. Like what have you got already? So are you already running marketing campaigns? Are they delivering needs? And is the problem then what happens next? Or is the problem that you're, you know, running a marketing campaign and not getting any leads? So the first thing is look at what you've already got, because there's literally no point in like reinventing the wheel if you've already got something that's actually delivering, you know, inquiries to you. Because actually it sounds like then if you're getting the inquiry, it's just what happens next. So mm -hmm. I think the first thing is look at what you've got and like go through it and almost rate every, you know, one of those things on like a scale of one to 10. Just because that's a really sensible way to just think, well, this is like giving me a return. This really isn't, you know, what's the problem with turning that now into a sale? So I think that's the first thing. Don't like start from scratch if you don't need to. The second thing is, is to think, okay, so what is the point at which um, I'm going to actually get that customer across the line? Like, you know, when are they going to do that? Are they going to do that on the website? Are they going to do it on a call? Are they going to do a face-to-face -face meeting? Like, what is the sale point? And again, that's really helpful because if, for example, you're, you know you need a face-to-face -face meeting in order to sell the level of, you know, money that you're asking for, the value that you're asking for, then actually you need to start there and work backwards because then you need to think, okay, well, how do I get someone to the meeting? How, how would I do that? Well, I need to ask them. Okay, so how would I get the opportunity to ask them? Well, I would need to be connected to them. I'd need to be having a conversation. So you can almost start to work backwards. If it's a case where that purchase is going to be a click on a website, you know, a clicky button, you know, um, then again, it's the same thing, work backwards. How are people actually going to get to that point? And actually between those two points, that's quite often where you find you've got the problem. So you think, this is how they're going to buy and this is where they're going to buy. And this is what's working on my marketing bit. Oh, yeah, I haven't really sorted out that bit in the, in the middle. Uh, I don't know if this is ringing any, any bells with you, Stephen, is it? Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of course. Like, it's, it's that part in the middle, right? It's like, it's one thing to make a connection with the customer. It's how do you get that connection into a sale, right? How do you get that click into a sale? 
and that's like what you're saying, where all that, that nuance is probably depending on like what your product is and stuff. But, um, that's really where the rubber hits the road and where like things actually matter and make a difference and how you handle that and how you transition that, which I guess like is kind of similar to what people are talking about with funnels. But um, in this context, we're talking more about relationship. Like where what, what you as a person, as that person, I mean, funnels probably play a role in that as well, but there's also this yeah. relationship yeah. aspect. And I think especially for founders. So quite often what I tell founder sellers to do and. Um, because they're worried about it and they're not really sure what's going to happen. And, you know, they're feeling a bit nervous about getting out from behind the keyboard. And they don't know who to speak to and they don't know how to speak to them and they've never sold the product. So what's going to work? What isn't? One of my top tips that I sort of say, look, this is what we're going to do. And so what we do is, you know, the people on our list and all this, that and the other, we come up with something which is a bit of a hand raiser. It says, yes, I've got this problem. So that might be a click through or it might be a download or it might be whatever. Um, but then as part of that, um, what that's basically said is, yes, I have this problem, which is always really helpful. It's a marketing thing, you know. But then the next thing that we then do is we follow up with a personal email from the founder. And that email actually says, look, you know, I really appreciate you downloaded our thing. And, you know, I was really interested in your feedback around what you thought around it. And um, I'm actually picking up with a few of our um, prospects or a few of our clients or a few people around what they thought of it, because obviously I'm only getting an internal view. So I would love your help. Have you got five minutes just to give me your feedback around what you thought of that? Now, what's lovely about that is there's a few things you've done there. Asking for help is wonderful. Because we're human beings, we want to help each other. We want to help people. 99.9% of the world wants to help. So as soon as you say, can you help me? That's really nice. The second thing is, is because you've really sort of stated, you know, I'm like the CEO, I'm like the director, I'm, you know, I'm a senior person. People see that as like not such a sales thing. It's more like a genuine thing where you want an insight into your business. Um, so people will also be a bit flattered about that. You know, you want their insight. You want their thoughts about it. Yeah. So at that point in time, people will, will hop on a call with you. And that's great because you can literally start with, so what did you think of it? Did it make sense? Oh, that's really interesting. So what exactly is the problem you're having at the moment? What's really helpful is if you've not sold before, that is getting you into a non-sales, open discussion mm -hmm. aimed around the problem that you actually solve. So you've right. automatically got the right people in front of you. You can then just have a lovely chat with them. And then on the back of that, you can make an offer. So it doesn't feel like a sales thing at all, but you will learn so much. So that would oh, be that... where to start. Never sold again. That's so well, smart. Uh, that, that's great, Victoria. We're going to have to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Um, hopefully Victoria is okay to continue the discussion for about 10, 15 minutes, which we call bonus content, which you can find, um, which you can watch the whole interview on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Um, we have a lot of extra content on there. You definitely want to join that. Um, also, I want to talk about another group. Before we wrap it up, I want to talk about another great sponsor, that's Peach Bay. If you're looking to set up a quick payment gateway for a client, you really want to look at Peach Way. In about five minutes, you can have a really great professional shopping cart um, up and running with Peach Bay. It works with WooCommerce, 
but it takes all the all the heavy lifting out of your hands and for your clients. You'll find the link in the show notes. I highly recommend that you look at Peachways. So, Victoria, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your words words of wisdom? They should, of course, come and wink at me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my friend. So come and find me on LinkedIn. Come wave at me. I'm sure we can drop the link in the in the comments. You can, of course, go and have a look on the website as well. But I don't have a chat bot, I'm afraid. So um, if you want to chat to me, come on LinkedIn. And you know what? Drop me a message because I'm a bit chatty. Yeah. <laughs> You're friendly. Uh, um, Stephen, what's the best way to find out more about you and what you're up to, Stephen? Yeah, head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how much faster your website can be. We're going to wrap up the podcast, but also do do two things which will really support the show, folks. If you can go over to iTunes Podcast Player, whatever they've renamed it, they seem to be renaming their podcast platform every three days, literally. Um, Go over and leave us a review. It really does help the show. And secondly, join our Facebook um group um it's the wp tonic mastermind all the panel from our um, round table show including Stephen. um we've got any questions about wordpress and business or wordpress in general like i say all the panel are admin um they will help you and it's just a great place to have a conversation about wordpress wordpress business the whole area So please join that. We'll be back next week with another great guest like Victoria. We'll see you soon. And please remember, go over to the YouTube channel and watch the bonus content of this interview. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 